You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and uh, Rachel McCrum, originally from North Ireland, is, um, she's now living in Montreal and has spent some time in Edinburgh, and uh, where she was the first BBC Scotland poet in residence, and she was broad of spoken culture word Valley and Broad, a recipient of a Robert Louis Stevenson Fellowship, and her, her first solo show, Do Not Alight Here Again, was performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2015. She's performed and taught poetry and uh, performs in Ireland, Scotland, UK, Greece, South Africa, Haiti and Canada. And she's now delighted to call Montreal her home. And uh, Rachel has got involved in a project that is going on in Montreal at the moment or going on in Canada, I suppose would be more fair to say, uh, rather than being regional. And it has got to do with... Um, the title is Life as a Song. Rachel, first of all, thanks a million for coming along. It's a pleasure to be here. Lovely to talk to you. Um, you came to Canada only three or four years ago, and you're well settled already to the point. And from looking at your bio, you're obviously bilingual before you got here. Uh, I, I was and I wasn't. I definitely wasn't as bilingual as I thought I was. Um, and so I'd learned French in Belfast from a German lady, okay. as one does. Uh, she's very, very fluent. It was great. Uh, but I think, I think she's German and, and English and then spoke French. And I actually wasn't great at it. Um, but I'd had the opportunity to, to work with some, uh, Quebecois poets and actually some indigenous poets, um, when I was in, in Edinburgh. And, they sort of said in 2015, they were like, oh, you know, you should go over and meet these ones. Uh, and I was part of a, a project at Group of Three, and they were like, who can speak French? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can speak French. It's grand. Totally brilliant. You know, the way you think you can. And then I arrived, and it wasn't actually even in Quebec. It was in Haiti to meet the rest of them. And uh, I, I couldn't understand a word. Um, but it sort of didn't deter me too much. Um, and actually, what I ended up, I ended up meeting my partner. On that trip as well, and he thankfully is bilingual because um, he's first language French, and so my French has improved over the past four years, I would say. Um, as a slight um, segue from that, I have to say, when I got over here first, I worked in a company that had quite a few Irish people in it, and one of the guys was from Belfast. Well, the others were from other parts of Ireland, but we went into an uh, office building one day, and the reception says, what is it about the company? You're, guys, you all you all speak the same. I couldn't understand my colleague from Belfast. We are particular. <laughs> but obviously, to the Canadian ear, we both sounded the same. I love that. Yeah. No, I've had that. I've also weirdly had um, New Zealand. People thought I was from New Zealand for a while, which was quite strange. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I think when you particularly, I mean, I don't know how much French you speak yourself, Austin, but you obviously like we speak French with. A, OK, well, I speak French with a very strange accent and I know I do, you know. Um, and I mean, that's one of the great fun things of, of Montreal in a lot of ways is that you have people speaking French, but their first language, you know, they're from all over the world. So you're listening to French with a, you know, in a Spanish accent or a Chinese accent or something else behind it. So I'm sort of adding to that melting pot of, um, yeah. <laughs> something slightly strange behind the French while we're at it, you know. So tell me about life as a song. And then, well, before you tell me a bit about that, tell me about Rachel McCrum as a poet. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I always wrote when I was wee. 
uh, in Northern Ireland. And uh, then I went to study English literature uh, and I went over to England to study at 18. And when I came out at 21, I didn't actually write for the next eight years because I was sort of shell-shocked by the experience of having studied literature for three uh, for three years. I think that's quite common. And then actually what happened was I moved back up to Edinburgh. Um, and Edinburgh has, I mean, they've a, it's a beautiful literary city anyway. They've, they've sort of these beautiful, you know, institutions. You know, they've got the, the poetry library and they've got the book trust and the storytelling centre. It was the first UNESCO city of literature, the beautiful big international book festival in August. And it's it's sort of, it, you know, it's woven throughout the city and, and there's a lot of grassroots. There's a lot of people, you know, telling stories and poems and bars. And there's a sort of a nascent spoken word scene that was happening there. And all this mixes up together. Um, and what I find when I went there was it, you know, having it come in the ear, I think, rather than maybe the eye, um, unlocked it for me a bit. So I was about 29 at that point. It was quite mm-hmm. late, you know, to be getting back to it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just, that sort of, that sort of put me put me back in the way of it and then um, I actually moved up to Edinburgh to do a PhD and the PhD went by the wayside. Um, I wasn't very good at that and I sort of had the only thing I had left to do was was the poetry and the spoken word and I threw myself into that uh, wholeheartedly over you know the next five six years till I was making a living out of it um, and I said this BBC Scotland poet in residence uh, which was you know in some ways it was hilarious because it was the first one they'd done and I blatantly wasn't Scottish um, but I, and I remember, you know, the press sort of did it, and there was maybe a few cocked eyebrows and sort of like, what's going on? And then, uh, and then it, it came out in the press, and uh, I think it was the, the Sunday Times decided I was too English or too something because I'd studied in I wasn't Scottish enough. That was it. I was I was Oxford educated. Northern Irish port and residence, and then the Daily Mail had decided I was too Scottish because I'd campaigned for Scottish independence. And at that point, I was like, "Well, you can't win either way, so you know, I'll just keep going." Um, you were probably used to that where you came from, anyway. I was fairly used to that coming from where I come from. Yeah, so you just keep going with your own thing, you know. <laughs> so then, tell me about Rally and Broad. Our uh, Rally and Broad was great crack. So Rally and Broad was uh, a show that I ran with a, a spoken word. Poet and performer called Jenny Lindsay, um, and Jenny had a his, had a background in spoken word, a uh, very talented poet. Um, and then we sort of, you know, came together in the pub one night and decided to start a poetry night. And all of us, that was sort of that was that was the, the the beautiful beginnings of it. And um and then we ran that for four years, and we were running monthly in Edinburgh, Glasgow, and you know a bit poetry, but performance and music, whatever we could get. Um, and uh, no, we had great fun with that. <laughs> and that obviously that brings us to life as a song. La vie comme dans les chansons. Uh, yeah, so this is a project from uh, Blue Metropolis or Metropolis Blue, which is the the big literary festival here in Montreal, very bilingual. Um, and so they they decided we'd have a show. It's been so long since we've had live shows, you know. It's, it's lovely to have the chance to go back on a stage again. And so they had picked a number of. Um, I'm going to say Canadian and Quebecois songs because about 50% of them are in French, I think. Um, yeah, four in French, four in English. Um, and, you know, they sort of reached out to a number of poets and said, would you like to be part of this? Can you have a look at the, the song list? Is anything there that, that speaks to you, uh, that you have a, a connection with? Um, and it's, it's an interesting bunch of poets. Um, I haven't heard everyone's poems now. 
Um, we'll, we'll hear all that on the show next week. But, you know, I know at least one uh, MNA is from Lebanon. Uh, Laurie Jean-Louis is Haitian-Canadian. Uh, so there's a fair mix of, of sort of backgrounds in there, you know. And then there's me. Um, and uh, and I had picked Gordon Lightfoot song, beautiful song. Um, and it was hilarious because I thought I knew it. And then I sat down and listened to it for the project and realised... I completely misremembered it. Or I'd, I'd never, I'd never quite got the point of it, you know. So it was one of those car, it was one of those, those songs I listened to, like in Radio Two, you know, BBC Radio Two, you know, something about BBC, BBC Radio Two, and it's playing in the background, and you're sort of singing along, and your dad's singing along in the car, and it's very beautiful. But you're 15, and you don't actually know what it's about. And then when you sit down to listen to the lyrics, you know, I'm 39 now. It hits differently, I'd have to say. I would have to say the first international artist I saw was probably Gordon Lightfoot. And it was in the old Capitol Theatre in Dublin, no, Connell Street, Dublin. And my sister and her husband were home on holidays from Canada. Um, and uh, they invited me and my, I don't know if we, I don't think we we're married then. Uh, or we may have just uh, recently been married, but it wasn't that long. And uh, it was after, the concert was after the movie. So Gordon Lightfoot came on probably at about 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. And it was a fantastic concert. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Oh, it's a, I mean, it's a gorgeous song, but actually... It's, you know, it's painfully bittersweet when you actually sit down and listen to the lyrics mm-hmm. and, and what he's doing. And I think, you know, what was interesting for me looking at it was because, you know, he's talking about wishing wells and castles. And there's this whole fairy tale element to it. And when you're, you know, when you're a wee cub in the back of the car, um, oh, you know, I know about fairy tales and I know about wishing wells. And, I, you know, I can sing along to this. And then you realize what he's actually saying. And it's this devastating, um, you know, sort of wondering about the end of the relationship and the end of the love. And, um, yeah, it hit differently this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if that is your choice, then how in the uh, festival in Life as a Song will you present, will you explain what this is about or do you know what what's happening i don't really know i'm quite excited to find out um so we have a live show uh yeah. which is taking place in the Lyon d'Or in montreal it's a lovely venue it's sort of set up like a, an old cabaret musical you know which is my favorite type of venue um and then this is going to sound awful but because of the social distancing and all the measures you know they've all the wee cabaret tables set out and everything there's all the space and there's there's table service so there's people bopping about you know with the wine it's, it's lovely you know it's not crowded and it's, it's sort of got that air so it's, it's melancholy space as it is and um so we're going to have a band that's what i know there will the songs will be played as well so it's really a presentation of the the music uh, and the poems as well uh we have a, a wonderful director sylvain who is working hard behind the scenes to put us together in a show and we're going to show up in the in the club next uh, tuesday afternoon he's going to tell us where to stand and where to go and we're going to get that and show the crowd uh hopefully a good time for the evening so- so that's not for the rehearsal you're turning up. That's for the performance. Nothing, nothing like it. Live, no, live theatre at its best. At its best, you know. Indeed. I think we have a short rehearsal time, you know, when you have a few hours or so. Okay. okay. We grant. We grant. 
So, Rachel, if anyone is in the Montreal area and if anyone, uh, I, I imagine at this stage the ticketing would be very limited and is probably sold out. Uh, I don't know if it's sold out now, but I say if you could go to the, the Blue Metropolis website, you'll see a link to the show. Right. Uh, it is free, um, so uh, but you do obviously have to reserve in advance and you need to present your vaccine passport because you're in Quebec. And so, uh, yeah, you can have a look and, and see. They've also made podcasts of the poems uh, and, and you can go on the website afterwards and have a look and, and a listen to that. But if you are about and you do fancy it, come on down to the show because I think it's going to be a gorgeous evening. And if anyone wants to get to know a little bit more about you, where can they find you out there? Oh, if they Google me, they'll find out enough. <laughs> um, I do have a website and uh, there's there's sort of bits of films and um, uh, poems around the fish. You can go and look at BBC Scotland, actually. They have a load of poems. Rachel McCrum, it's been a real pleasure meeting you. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic evening, Tuesday evening. Thanks so much, Austin. Take care of yourself.